Welcome to Behave Intelligently, an uncensored exploration of behavior in the workplace, life, and the larger world. Behave Intelligently is co-hosted by fellow behavioral enthusiasts Jay Johnson and Mark Garrison and produced by the amazingly talented team at Coeus Creative Group. Thank you for joining this week's edition where we're going to talk about motivation in the remote world. So Mark, one of the things that we have been getting asked quite frequently is how do you stay motivated? How do we keep others motivated? You know, from a business perspective, from an individual perspective, but how does this whole motivation thing work in the remote world? Have you had any struggles with that? Or is there anything uh, that jumps out at you when that question is posed to us? You know, I love working remotely personally. Um, I've always been pretty flexible in what I do. I mean, I've worked while traveling on vacation. I've done work uh, on, on board a cruise ship in the middle of the, the sea and the ocean and stuff. But I know that doesn't always work for everyone. But the one thing I will say is people need to stop Google searching how to motivate remote workers and looking <laughs> at those articles because I did that before today's show just to see what other people are putting out there. And some of the content, or I should say most of the content that comes up in, in quick searches is all geared towards the, the corporate focus or the business focus and not actually having one ounce of care towards the actual remote worker. It's all about... Um, How can I get the most out of somebody in this? Essentially, yeah. It's like you should conduct a regular survey with your employees and gauge their satisfaction and see how motivated they are towards doing their job. Um, Give them flexibility to, to work on their schedule so that way they can maximize their output for you. And it's all geared on that that perspective. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like the article was titled how to motivate your workforce. And none of it was actually about motivating people. Well, I think that's a really interesting, uh, that's a really interesting distinction there because what they're actually then writing to is how do I, how do I maximize productivity? Not necessarily how do I maximize motivation? And I think that I'm 100% in agreement with you. Uh, those are two very, very different things. Yeah, and people need to know which one are you, which one are you focusing on? Because both are valuable and important, but when you talk about motivating your remote workers or your remote employees, it's not just about how to impact your bottom line. It's not just about how to get the most work out of them. It's not just about you know, knowing whether they're happy or not. Like some of the stuff was make sure you communicate with them all the time, you know, with regular intervals. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're motivating them. I've had some bosses that if I had to communicate with them on a regular basis, it's the opposite of motivating. Let me tell you. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. So when, when we look at, when we look at motivation, defining it, what does it mean to be motivated? I, I have my definition and, and I'll share that with you in just a moment, but I am curious, like, how do you look at motivation in terms of that? Like, how do we distinguish those two things, motivation versus productivity? And obviously the two things may be interlinked. They may be correlated in some way, shape or form, but I think what you're speaking to is 
uh, more of that interpersonal behavioral sort of uh, aspects of motivation as opposed to um, what are your objectives and key results and what are your deadlines that are going to hit by the end of this week that I expect you to have these processes done or these deliverables done productivity versus you know, what is your drive or what is your willingness to kind of push forward on maybe something that's challenging or something that is unique or innovative? What are your thoughts on that question? You know, when it comes to defining motivation, I, I put on my, I, you know, I'm a generational diversity guy and I look at um, how do different generations look at motivation and me being a millennial my motivation when it comes to remote working really comes down to how can I integrate it with my life so that way I am happy. I'm still getting the work done. I'm happy with what's going on, but there's not mass chaos in my life. And that to me, if I can get all of those factors working, I'm motivated to produce. Okay. So I, I think this is, you know, I think this is something I'll, I'll share my interpretation of it. There has been points in times during the pandemic, during quarantine, uh, just even when we're not necessarily quarantined and we can go out to different, you know, storefronts or whatever else like that, but still we're working from home. And there have been days and I have, uh, I have my office set up in the home on the second floor. It's nice and quiet. I can go up there and just do work and everything else. There have been days during this past year that I have had literally zero motivation to walk up the stairs. Uh, what I have found is I'm not demotivated by what I have to do or some of the tasks or some of the exciting things but I have been incredibly demotivated to go up and sit into that office by myself or anything else. Whereas in those aspects or instances, I would either go outside and sit outside and do my work and I felt much happier or I would uh, you know, carve out a space in my living room. Now, if you're looking at this work-life balance thing, there's a number of people that say, don't do that. You should only work from one single location inside of your home so that way you're not spreading that. That does not work for me. I'll be perfectly honest. Like me, I like moving around a little bit, a little change of scenery, a little change of temperature, whatever that might be that has helped to keep me motivated to open up the laptop. So if I'm looking at motivation from a, am I gonna sit down and do work? Sometimes the environmental context is enough for me, almost like what you said. If I'm looking at productivity, there's days that I have been highly motivated and completely unproductive. Um, that I have gone down every single rabbit hole that you could imagine on the internet before I actually produced even one deliverable that was on my to-do list. And so I, I kind of look at it and say, the concept of motivation for me is, am I, am I engaging? Am I working towards something? Am I, uh, am I showing up? Am I putting effort in? Because I have to have the motivation to do that. My productivity measurements are, am I checking things off of my list? Am I meeting my deadlines? Am I hitting my deliverables? Am I, uh, am I making sure that the quality and quantity of my output is significant? that would be maybe how I would describe those two things differently. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, th I, think you're, I think you're spot on with that description. You know, every single person operates differently, functions differently. You know, I'm a true believer in that 
each individual has their prime working hours. And for some it's midnight and for some it's 5 a.m. And, and it fluctuates based on, you know, what works best for them. I mean, I've been known, as you know, to pull all-nighters and just work for, you know, almost 24 hours cranking out work because sometimes based on what I'm doing, it's about the momentum that is occurring with getting the work done. Um, it might be a longer project where if I have to stop and restart, that might take me two or three days versus if I, you know what, let me just stay up all night and crank this out and I'll get it done. I'm still getting the same amount of work done, but I might not work the next day because you know, I'm sleeping. But, um, you know, so I think those are different factors at play in terms of how people operate. And I think businesses need to adjust a little bit uh, to how people operate as well. Um, it's not just about that nine to five, but there is, you know, uh, the, the, the managers or the bosses do have to know what people are doing and accomplishing. So there, there's got to be a way to check in. Um, but there's times where, you know, I could be sitting in my office working an entire day and leave and no one even knew I was in the office that day because I didn't wander the building and socialize or or whatever. So, I mean, how did you know when I was actually in the physical office working that I was actually there working? Or how do you know I wasn't watching Netflix on my computer or doing all my Amazon shopping? I think there's a lot of uncertainty that employers or managers are experiencing too going, well, I don't really know how to monitor this. Did you really know before working from home was a thing? Yeah, did you have a keystroke monitor to make sure that everything was there? And, well, and I think that comes down to a culture of trust. And when you find yourself in a culture of trust, typically you find to be more motivated. When you find yourself in a culture of mistrust or where you feel like somebody is constantly looking over your shoulder, that is something that immediately demotivates me, much like you said. So maybe what we start with is let's talk about self-motivation. How do you keep yourself motivated? some actionable tips to keep yourself motivated if you're working remotely. Now, I, I do wanna put a caveat in here, right? Like, so some of the things that I will tell you that keep me motivated are in complete violation of work-life balance rules or whatever else. Um, but I think that for me, my number one is, if I have the urge to work or if I feel the urge to accomplish something, to just do it. If it's six o'clock in the afternoon, if it's four o'clock in the morning, if it's whatever, if I hit that creative aspect, if I know that I have a training, Sam, I'm actually in the process of developing a brand new training on deception. I woke up this morning and it was about 5 a.m. And I was like, I'm grabbing the computer. Now, normally I read the news, check in with different things or uh, have my whole little routine. But for some reason this morning, I felt that urge to just be like, all right, sit down and write. And it was outside of my normal routine. It was outside of my normal uh, you know, process in the morning, but I felt the motivation to just do it. And so I sat down and I was like, I've got an hour and a half. I'm going to focus on doing this and just slam it. So for me, one of the things is, is when I feel that aspect of motivation, don't question. Again, this is mine. <laughs> you know, I don't want to necessarily say, just work all day if you have the motivation to do it, whatever works for you. But mine is, if I find that I have that motivation, I'm taking it. Because at two o'clock, 
I might find that I have zero motivation to get things done. So kind of to your point, if my normal day is supposed to be nine to five and at two o'clock to four o'clock, I have zero motivation, I'm not going to feel guilty about that because maybe I put in an extra couple hours of work that morning or an extra couple hours of work that evening based on how I was feeling motivated at that moment. I think that's, that's a good point. You know, for me, um, I operate a little bit of the same way. Uh, when I, I don't usually wake up and be like, Ooh, I want to write about, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, um, is that strange? It's a little, a little strange, a little strange, a little strange. <laughs> especially like you wake up and some of the topics that you personally want to write about. Eh, it's right. kind, of, kind of weird, but, um, for me, it's having that flexibility and, you know, I want to be, I want to be empowered with what I'm doing, that I have the control, the ability to manage it myself, not micromanage, not watched over. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a strong heir. So I like being creative and coming up with ideas and um, new concepts. And so being able to apply those or to apply a, a, a new process, you know, bringing in the process, being a also strong earth. Um, those are the things that I want to do in order to be successful when I'm working remotely and employers, uh, or bosses, managers who allow those things that creates that culture of trust that you talked about earlier for me. If you trust me to get the work done, let me do it. Let me do it my way. I'll get it done. I'll get it done on your deadline. You know, we'll achieve all the goals that you need. Um, but that's just giving a little of that flexibility, for me to operate in my optimized way, really. Yeah. Well, I think it's important. You, you mentioned the behavioral elements and, and being an Aaron and earth, you know, for somebody who is very high on earth, a process and a routine is oftentimes very motivating for them. It gives the structure, it gives the stability, you know, taps into that core biological drive, defend because there's no uncertainty and I can have that structure. For me personally, as a fire, that does not work for me because, and, and I think this is also kind of even lends itself to why if I'm feeling motivation, get out of the way because that passion, that drive is just going to start burning. And that's, that's really a big part of the fire in me. Um, you know, the air is I'm always thinking, I'm always trying to think of something or, you know, come up with something new. But I, I think one of the other self-motivating techniques for me was, uh, kind of in relationship to that. And one of the things that I did, and I think I mentioned this once before, but I stopped saying, I'm going to go up to my office and work. So, you know, my office is on the second floor. And if I was, uh, if I was walking up there and be like, Hey, I'm going up to my office or I would, I would, you know, if I was on the phone with my dad, I'd be like, yeah, I got to go up to my office and work. And I would say, and work. And the reality is, is our brains, know what work is. Work is not fun. Fun is a very different word. The things that we do or the things that I do inside of the company, I actually really enjoy. I love it. I love what I do. I love creating trainings. I love creating new ideas. I love coming up with, uh, you know, catchy campaigns or messaging or whatever else like that. So why am I calling that work if I know that work's not fun? 
And, and even though we can say, oh, I love my job, I love my work or anything else, I started calling it by what it is. I'm going up to the office to create this morning. I'm going up to the office to write about behavioral intelligence this morning. When I started to use that language, it almost reminded me of, it, it really did kind of remind me of my purpose. And I think that that's huge for your motivation. My purpose, my value, my mission, my vision, however you want to define that. And I think that we could have an entire episode on how do you define that. But, you know, my purpose, my value is to create, is to educate, is to train. And the things that I'm doing in service to that are enjoyable to me. So why would I muddy that up with a, a label like my job or work? I'm going up to create. I'm going up to design. I'm going up to think. All of those things I love, either in service to my air element or in service to my fire of winning. So I think finding your purpose will help to generate some of that motivation. And I would imagine a phrase that you probably haven't uttered going upstairs is, I'm going upstairs to plan. Yeah, I don't think I've ever said that once. <laughs> Planning is something reserved for outside, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Where, you know, for me, I do, you know, I like to plan. And so in one of my strategies of working from home and, and working, uh, getting my, my tasks accomplished in a week is to sort of write out on a post-it note or a little sheet of paper or one of my dry erase boards, you know, my task list, which is here's all of the things that I want to get done. So I'm planning my week. I enjoy planning. So I plan out what I need to get done when I, when it's due by, and I can cross those tasks off. Um, so using tools that work for you uh, to help keep you organized and keep you on track with accomplishing those things are critical, but it's also valuable if the employer to keep their employees motivated and on track, you know, utilizes some different tools like that. You know, in our company, we use todoist.com uh, as sort of a task management tool. Um, that's something that, you know, is, is low cost and works great for um, just managing simple tasks and understanding, you know, people's bandwidth and not just, um, you know, some of those, some of those project management uh, softwares are very complex and require a lot of time and energy going in to build them out. And I don't like that as much as I like planning. I don't want to spend more time planning out the project plan than actually doing the project. <laughs> Speaking my language now, but I was so, and no, we don't get any payment from Todoist. We are not sponsored by Todoist in any way, shape or form. But the reason that I love Todoist is very different because when I click the button to make the task go away, I get points and that really taps into my competitive side as a fire. Like, Ooh, can I get more points today? What else can I knock off this list? So, however, if Todoist would like to sponsor this show, just shoot yeah. us an email to podcast at goeyscreativegroup.com. <laughs> That's right. If you're listening to Todoist, uh, you just got a great plug. So, um, so, all right. So we've had a couple of self-motivations from the air element, you know, designing, cre creating, thinking, finding your purpose, finding your vision uh, from the earth element, planning, structure, routine from the fire element, comp competition, gaming, so on and so forth, maybe reframing the idea of work. But what about if you're a water element? So it's neither of our primary elements, but one of the things that I have seen some waters do in order to maintain their self-motivation 
is to start thinking about the projects that they have to do and how they affect other people. So if I have a huge task coming up and like, all right, I need to make sure that I have my own personal motivation to get this done. Why? Because if I can't, if I don't get this done, Mark's not going to be able to get his stuff done. So I need to make sure to do that. And it's almost like tapping into that bond drive in order to be self-motivating, which I think is a really neat concept, not one that generally hits me hard, but looking at it and saying, okay, how am I doing this? You know, utilizing that team or that tribe as part of the overall motivational strategy, which I think is pretty cool. You know, I think, and this is going to be a little bit from the the business side or the manager side uh, for motivating those waters on your team. I think really doing something as simple as sending them a personalized note, note card in the mail, if you want to mail something, email, you know, just checking in, seeing how they're doing, um, sort of that, hey, I'm thinking of you, I'm I'm trying to acknowledge you, um, offering scenarios for people to collaborate a little bit more. They like to work with different people and different groups. Um, so making sure those things are available. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of different tools out there. You know, we utilize Slack as a collaboration tool. I don't know that that is as appealing for Waters, but I think Waters being able to see what other people are doing and commenting and uh, engaging um, is a way to pique their interest, um, especially if you can make some of the postings about, uh, you know, personal uh, or individual basis, not just always about work, 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 and project, project, projects. Um, so if you have, if you're using something like a Slack, having a channel for just uh, personal posting, uh, updates, sure. um, what's going on in their lives, things like that. Well, and I, I want to dip into one of the one of the strategies that we helped with uh, another organization in the healthcare industry who has a lot of waters, who some of them are working from home right now. Uh, But one of the things that we had suggested was, well, what if you just created office hours on Zoom that people could just log in? They could be doing their work, their reports, their filings or whatever else, but it's almost like Zoom becomes the new water cooler and they could be chatting with each other the same as you would if you were all sitting in a conference room together. So having almost like a dedicated collaboration time even if it's virtually assisted, where you know there's no agenda, there's no whatever. If some people can talk, or you could use breakout rooms to reconnect while you do some of the work, even if it's not collaborating. You could, you know, think about think about it sitting in a conference room. How many times where you're doing your thing, I'm doing my thing, and then all of a sudden it's like, Mark, what do you think about this? And we just toss an idea back and forth, and the next thing we know, it's four hours later, and neither of us have actually gotten our work done. You can do the same thing on Zoom. Right, <laughs> so right. Remember, this is about motivation, not productivity. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's you can do all sorts of collaborative projects and, and engagement that way. I mean, we've worked on projects, Jay, where you know we've been logged into Zoom for four or five hours, and maybe for an hour or two, never actually talk to each other because we're yeah. just sitting there working on our own thing. Um, it might be a joint project, but we can each work on it individually. But when that need comes up, like, hey, I got a question on this. You don't have to pick up a phone. You don't have to text someone. You don't have to email someone. You don't have to instant message them. It, they're just right there. Um, an easy way to, to sort of collaboratively work on a project uh, in real time. 
Yeah. So I think we've got a couple of good, how do we keep ourselves motivated purpose, maybe some gamification, maybe sort of reclassifying the way that we think about work or even the way that we think about connecting with people uh, through virtually mediated communication tools, um, some of those tech tools. Now let's switch gears real quick. How do I keep my, uh, if I'm a manager, if I'm a, if I'm a, you know, a leader in an organization, how do I keep my remote team motivated? Not necessarily looking at the productivity side of it, but how do I keep them motivated? And you just, you hit one uh, just a moment ago that I didn't realize, but I think I do pretty consistently at meetings, even though that water is not my first, is almost every meeting that we've ever start, I generally ask everybody, how are you doing? Like not work-wise, but like, how are you doing as a human being? How are you doing as a person? And I, I don't know, I've naturally done that, but listening to what you had to say is, I think you're right. The response from people is just like, you're asking me something that's not related to my productivity. You're, t you're spending the first 10 minutes or 15 minutes of our conversation that's scheduled for 30 minutes on me as a human being and not a cog in the machine for you, or, you know, just an output or just a deliverable. I think that you, I think that you're probably spot on that that goes a very long way. And it's very easy to forget, especially because we all have zoom fatigue. So it's like, get on zoom, get off zoom just as quick as you can without having some of that interpersonal or human communication which I yeah. think is really critical. I think it is. And, you know, asking people what they did this last, you know, over the weekend or what are your plans for the upcoming weekend? Are you reading anything interesting or fun? Um, you know, checking in with people. If you know they've had a, a doctor's appointment, dentist appointment, if they were sick or anything like that, you know, just checking in like, hey, how you feeling? Hope you're doing well things like that. Happy birthday, recognizing people's birthdays. Um, you know, every office when people were gathering in an office usually had some kind of a birthday cake or birthday lunch or breakfast, whatever it might've been, those things aren't happening. So getting together and just um, recognizing those in some sort of a um, group setting, either on a Zoom meeting or on your uh, Slack or instant messaging platforms that you're using, not just a company-wide blast email please don't do those those are not looked <laughs> at they're not engaged on um, but you know those types of things you know one of the other things that we introduced to our team uh, it seems like I'm, pr I'm promoting a lot of different businesses but remember if any of these businesses do want to sponsor us please email us at podcast <laughs> at coeusgreatergroup.com um, is watercoolertrivia.com I think our team has really loved that it's a low cost thing where every week we get trivia sent into our inbox and you we set it up so people had 12 hours uh, to respond to it because with our folks there's all different schedules all different hours time zones <laughs> time zones um you know and so we set up for a 12-hour window fill it in and then the the, you know, the next day next morning the, the winners are announced and you know it, it's a fun little competition way to uh, engage people. And, you know, we kind of stumbled across it because we did what, uh, I think we did a trivia for our holiday or a remote trivia for our holiday party. Yeah, that's exactly it. And everybody really got into it. So utilizing yeah. that made sense. 
So something like that, I think, is always a fun, fun activity. Or if you're doing a Zoom, doing maybe a virtual scavenger hunt where people can find some stuff that that are commonplace around their house. So when you're in a meeting, everybody can break real quick, go find the items, come back. So maybe doubling up on team building time, right? Because everybody does team building somewhat like, oh, we're going to have one team building retreat throughout the year and we're going to spend four hours together and we're going to have fun. But like, it seems like in the remote world, team building should be an every week thing. And maybe even if it's at a smaller scale, but something that is team building focused weekly to keep people remembering each other's, you know, humanity or that sort of like in service to the larger team. Is, is that kind of where I'm hearing you go with this? A hundred percent. And, you know, I'm a team building training guy. I love doing, I love giving team building trainings. I hate doing team building <laughs> activities. Um, but that's also because I, I, as I'm doing them, I'm always dissecting them to see how is this working? What's the plan? What, you know, what the goal is, but yeah, I mean, really thinking small uh, and you can accomplish some really small activities on a zoom call. But when you're, when your team members, your, your employees have seven hours or eight hours or 12 hours of zoom meetings booked in a day, it can get really tiring just sitting at the computer hearing whatever's going on on the meeting agenda, and then going to the next meeting, and then going to the next meeting. Um, you know, turning on your cameras. Uh, a friend of mine on Facebook just posted the other day uh, a little bit of a soapbox rant. Uh, she had a colleague who requested a Zoom meeting with her and then did not turn on their camera. That's a phone call. And that was her point. She goes, I said, you, is this like a phone call or do you want to do Zoom? And they said, I want to do Zoom, and then kept their camera off the whole time. She's like, that's just like, there's no interaction. There's no personal connection. So if you're in Zoom, having those personal connections is turning on your camera. And you know what? Hey, I'll wear a baseball cap some days because I just don't feel like combing my hair. That's cool. You know, I, I think some meetings, if it's just your team, you don't have to always look the most business professional. If you're dealing with clients or things like that, yeah, maybe you have to be a little more dressed up or presentable. Um, but I think just really engaging with the people. And you can do that through simple questions and conversations to, you know, little mini activities of engagement. So I like that team building, a weekly team building or weekly engagement. And I know one of the things that you guys do in the marketing team is what were your wins for the week and sort of celebrating them a little bit. So I think it's all kind of in service to that. And I think if I was to wrap a big bow on that question, it's really about investing your time as a leader or manager into building trust. And, you know, that's harder uh, before you, you could meet and go out to lunch or you could meet and do this, or you could have somebody down to your office to have an office chat. And in a remote world, you still have to, you still have to accomplish those things. They just look a little bit different. So I, I think investing in building trust Maybe identifying those ways in which uh, is the person feeling micromanaged? Is the person that you're working with, do they feel like you're giving them way more work than they're capable of getting? Having some of those uh, real conversations, I think, can be both cathartic and motivating in so much as, hey, the person that's at the other end of the Zoom call or phone call or remote work situation actually cares and gives a shit about me as a human being, not as that product person. 
So I, I, I think I think you're right on that um, because what we've seen is a lot of companies, you know, due to the pandemic and budget issues, have had to cut staffing, and so that work is falling onto others. And so those folks might be feeling overwhelmed. They may have had an increase in their workload. And to some extent, just want someone to recognize, hey, I'm doing more. With hey, less. Yeah, with less. <laughs> with yeah. less. Yeah, exactly. So can, and maybe in my home where I'm, I'm juggling kids, kids or yeah. whatever else might be going on. Can you recognize that? Know that you understand. Give me some flexibility and things like that. And if this if your team's motivation is not addressed and you're not thinking about the humans doing the task, you're going to get a, a, a worse scenario of they're experiencing burnout. Yeah. And yeah. Keeping them motivated and happy is, is trying to eliminate that burnout. And an interesting stat that I just came across was in late 2020, there was a study done by Asana that surveyed 13,000 employees worldwide that pegged the level of burnout at 71%. Wow. That's so incredible. That's why everybody's vote. requesting that training right now. That makes sense. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> let's let's try to get ahead of that burnout and really focus on understanding the humans that are that are working for your companies and you know find ways to motivate them and keep them happy and engaged. So hopefully for our audience, this has triggered an idea here. Uh, you know, maybe it's given you a little motivation yourself to say, hey, I need to do some weekly team building or I need to engage my team in that way. But I have one last one. And this one, I, I just recently did a keynote for a, a leadership conference in Finland. And I talked about this and it was it was the thing that everybody asked questions about after. And it's really about fostering a growth mindset. So this is that aspect of if you're a manager, if you're a leader, how can you foster a growth mindset amongst your people? If you're asking them to do the same thing over and over and over again, number one, they're not tapping into their creativity, their learning, their innovation or anything else. You're really just kind of getting your rote button pusher. And fostering a growth mindset is really about asking them and finding out what's next for you? How do you want to, how do you want to grow in this position? What is a new challenge, a new task and giving them opportunities to essentially stretch themselves. You know, if people get complacent, guess what? Redundancy creates boredom. Uh, boredom kills motivation and doing the same thing over and over and over again is a very quick way to, again, lead to burnout, but also just completely tax any kind of motivation that somebody has. So if you're looking at it from a growth mindset and say, you know, you were doing fantastic on these different things. If you could just magically switch next week and do something different, what would you be interested in doing? You know, and not necessarily throwing curveballs at somebody that's not ready for a curveball, but giving them space to say, my next step is blank, or I would love to learn how to do this. I think at this point in time, virtually all of the all of the people working at Coes Creative Group have switched or started to learn a new skill or started to develop a different skill or, or has, you know, we're hired for one thing and now are taking on different aspects, not necessarily because we're like, hey, here's 6,000 things for you to do, but because they've said, I'd really like to learn this. 
And I think that that growth mindset, you know, obviously we teach growth, but that growth mindset is something just sort of inherent with us. That and, growth mindset, but also the empowering them to do it. Yeah. You know, I've seen yeah. a lot of scenarios where they go, we want you to build what's next for you and squeeze it in in your own free time because really, you know, we've got all this other work you need to get done first. Yeah. Rather than, rather than taking the approach in many cases, like what we've done is, all right, let's shift this off of your plate. Let's move this to somebody who's interested in maybe trying that out or giving that a shot and let you have some free space to develop that new skill set or develop that new talent. So right. it's not just, yeah, you're spot on because I, I, I'm terrified if I would have said that and somebody would be like, yeah, definitely. What do you want to grow in your overtime? Right. <laughs> not necessarily what we're talking about on that question. So I think that's that's a really, really solid point to bring up there. You know, any and, final I was gonna say, any final words on motivation today? Yeah, my my final words are are it's everybody loves some kind of swag or gifts, right? And we know budgets might be tough for businesses right now, but find a way if you can to give a little recognition to some of your employees. Some of these folks a year ago, packed up everything in their office and haven't been back since. And you may not have seen them recognize, you know, uh, recognize them in any other way. So maybe a small little uh, company swag gift might be in order. Or um, if you haven't invested in any kind of equipment and it was just kind of, hey, you're on your own to to make your your work life work. Um, you know, see about maybe maybe they need a webcam, maybe they need something for their computer upgrades that, that you might be able to accomplish. Um, but recognizing them in some kind of a way, I think also uh, gives a lot of value. Yeah, I guess my kind of closing on this is make sure that you're looking at this from a motivational side of things and not the productivity side. Productivity will come if somebody's actually motivated and empowered inside of the place that they're working. So stop focusing on how can I motivate them to get more work done and really kind of focus on how can I motivate them as a human being that's going to enjoy what they're doing and feel a growth opportunity, feel valued, feel appreciated, and feel like they're meeting their purpose. And hopefully that purpose aligns with your sort of company purpose or your company mission. But I would say that that would be my strongest recommendation. You want to motivate a remote employee be human with them and, and be open and build that trust. So thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Behave Intelligently. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you might be listening. Let us know what you think about the episode and email us your thoughts and podcast at coeuscreativegroup.com. And if you want to learn more about Coeus Creative Group, visit our website or connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Tune in next time when we talk more about behaving intelligently.